Okay, Be'ez HaShem, we are going to start a very, very interesting, complicated, but very Negea Halacha, which happens to be tied to the parasha, parasha's Bahar, as we know, Be'ez HaShem, we have a double one, Bahar B'chul Koisai, parasha's Bahar, we're going to discuss, and uh, then it's going to be involved in the Halachas of Ribis. Uh, we have never discussed this before, so none of you can say, oh, I've heard that one before. We, ourselves, together as a group, have never really discussed these Halachas, it's extremely negay. I do want to mention one other thing before we start, which I think is important, is that I'd like to do, possibly even after Shavuos, I'll probably mention this a couple of times, I'd like to do a question and answer session based on your guys' questions. Whatever questions you have, and all those that are listening, you can all, you can all send in your questions. They could be wild ones, they could be regular ones, they could be interesting ones, the questions that you're always embarrassed to ask in front of everybody else. This is your chance, guys. So you send me an email, aw at etrog.net.il aw at etrog.net.il send in the email and uh, we'll try to go through a lot of the questions that the guys have I think it'll be a very exciting session maybe we'll have to do a couple of them and we'll go through all the guys questions and interesting things that maybe guys want to bring up and want to ask maybe they want to say their name or whatever it is so make yourself your own email account I guess and uh, send it in anonymously and even if you do write it in I probably won't even say the name anyway so whatever it is that's a mitzvah going to be coming up soon Today, Be'ez HaShem, we're going to start a sugya that I'm not sure we're going to have time to finish today. But it's a very interesting one. And it's one that often people think is not really negayat to us. You know, there are certain halachas that we know that are all negayat to us. We know Shabbos is negayat to us. We know brachas. We know tefillah. We know a lot of things. In fact, pretty much everything. But there are certain things you're like, okay, Hilchus Ribis. Alright, so when I go into business, I'll figure out Hilchus Ribis, right? You know, I'll learn Hilchus Ribis, maybe, possibly, maybe not. But uh, we have to know a little bit about it. Number one, it's the parasha. And number two, even if it wasn't the parasha, it's a very important halacha, which I want to try and give over. We're not going to go through a series of Hilchus Ribis. That would take us two, three, or even four weeks to do. And we'd have to go through every detail of it. Most of it is not negated to most of us right now. But I do want to just open up your eyes to the beauty of halacha, to understanding how the Torah literally discusses and delves into all of our lives. It's an incredible thing. So we'll start with the Loshan of the Pasuk. Those of you that have a Chumash, it's in Peret Chofhei, Vayikra Chofhei, Pasuk Lamed Hei, where it's in Parashas Bahar, and this is the Makar for Ribis. It's interesting, by the way, again, as we point out, Ochicho. We'll speak about that in a moment. You should live with him. Right? Literally, the Gemara in Bob Metziah, those that have learned Bob Metziah, Eze Neshech Hazav talks a lot about these in Yonim, Eze Neshech particularly. A Neshech is basically a biting. That's how Chazal understand what is ribis. You're biting somebody. You don't even feel it in the beginning, right? You're, you're paying interest on a loan that you took. You don't even realize it. And eventually it bites you and it gets you and you realize, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to pay a fortune for this. So that's why the Loshan of the Torah explains to us the Gemara is a Loshan of Neshech. V'sarbis v'yareso me'eloihecho v'chei ochicha imoch. Just before we go on, Rashi, Poshepshat, Rashi says, Rashi's learning on the words of the Torah, Fear HaKadosh Baruch Hu, says Rashi, you know why? Because a person is drawn towards Ribis. It's very difficult to stay away, to separate from the halachas of Ribis. 
And you think, no, I'm sure it's okay, there's probably a way out, there's always a way out. My money is sitting in my bank, doing nothing. Come on, let me make some money. I'll lend it out to someone. Mach a bissel gelt. Hutzuch loim of yesem and a hercha. Says Rashi, that's why dafka by ribis it says, fear the rabbinish because you should know the rabbinish knows what's going on in your mind. And even though you may do it with the wonderful, noble, good intentions, but it's not going to come out that way. You may come to trick someone. You may come to do something that you shouldn't be doing because a person, as we said, is nimshach achar haribis. That's a lotion of Rashi in Parashas Bahar. Um, before we start the halachas as well, we have to understand what is the reason that the Torah specifically tells us against lending money on interest to a yid. Now, lending money to a goy, we'll speak about that in a moment, we'll talk about why specifically it's that way a little bit, and understand why the Shulchanor brought it as the very first simon discussing Hilchas Ribis, talks about lending money to a goy. But why is it mutter to lend to a goy, and also to lend with Ribis, to a yid. At the end of the day, I want to make money like anyone wants to make money. And if I would rent out my car, I'm allowed to charge you money for renting out my car. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm allowed to make a panosa from renting out my car. I'm allowed to make a panosa from renting out my apartment. Why is it that I'm not allowed to take my money, which is doing nothing anyway, and so to speak, rent it out and make some money? What's the difference? What's the difference between a guy and a yid? The Gemara and Baba Kama, we know, tells us that when it comes to stealing, there's no difference really between a yid and a goy. There are slight differences, but Be'etzem, there's no differences. So what is it? So Rav Schwab, Rav Shimon Schwab, on his Sefer on the Parsha, in this week's Parsha, and Parsha's Bahar, brings down that he says, of course, charging interest, he says, is a very moral method of making money. There's nothing wrong with charging interest. There's nothing wrong in having a parnosa, having your business by charging people interest. There's nothing wrong with it. You're not doing anything shady. You're not doing anything dodgy. You're not doing anything wrong. It's like charging a rental fee. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong. And well, it's true in the marketplace of the world, it's fine. But it's interesting, says Rav Schwab, how the Torah tells us twice when discussing ribis. And they say, as we begin, and then it says at the end, when it comes to your brother, when it comes to someone who's your brother, who becomes poor, imagine, imagine you have a brother who loved dearly, and, and times go hard for him, and he's going through a bad time, he's going through a difficult time, and he becomes to a situation where he's got nothing to live from, and you've got Baruch Hashem plenty, you wouldn't want to lend him some money, of course you would, which, which normal brother wouldn't want to lend his own brother money, everyone would. Well, are you going to charge your money for that? <laughs> I'm going to charge my brother money interest on that. Everyone would say, come on, really? That's your brother. You don't do that, says Rav Schwab. The Torah is telling us that every Yidin Klal Yisol is our brother. That's the way we're meant to look at him. And that's the halacha that way. And therefore, when it comes to lending money with interest, where there's nothing wrong, you didn't do anything also whatsoever. But when it comes to your brother, when it comes to a Yid, we don't do that for another Yid. And they actually bring a Misa, what happened to Rav Schwab himself, that somebody undertook um, the publishing of a writing of a certain Sefer, whatever it was, a Sefer from a Godel for the previous generation. So he knew the editor of the works was having a lot of difficulty raising the money. There was about $10,000 he had to raise in order to cover the editing, in order to cover the printing and the shipping and the uh, whatever it was that they had to do over there. So uh, Rav Schwab Zatzal called him up. 
And he said, I'd like to offer you a $10,000 loan. I know that you want to, you know, get started and I'm happy to help you. It's a wonderful thing that you're doing, printing this Adam Goddard's work from the previous generation. Carly Swell need it. I'd love to help you out. Here, take $10,000 as a loan. Pay it back whenever you get a chance. A few weeks later, of Schwab notices he's getting packages with different sperm in there from this guy. Like complimentary books, I guess, whatever it was. And he was very worried that, ooh, he's giving me something based on the loan that I gave him. And he called up the fellow and says, I am now giving it to you as a matona. Nothing. I don't want it back. It's yours. It belongs to you. He didn't want even the tiniest bit of a chashash of ribis to come his way because he understood what it means. And in fact... It's pretty scary if you come to think about it. The Gemara tells us in Shabbos. The Gemara says in Shabbos, the Gemara tells us that when a person comes up to Shemaim, after 120 years of living in this world, the based in Shalmaila are going to ask him, amongst other questions which we have dealt with, if you remember yesterday. And amongst the, one of the questions, one of the very first questions is going to be, Nasosa Vanasato Be'emuna. Did you conduct your business affairs with emuna, with faith, or integrity? Right? And then it's going to ask Kavata Idn Vatoira, did you set aside time to learn Torah? Sibisali Yeshua, we dealt with that. Did you wait? Were you excited for Mashiach to come? We talked about that yesterday. Very interesting, because we all are familiar with another Gemara in Kedushin, Dafmem Omebeis, where the Gemara in Kedushin, Dafmem, it's also Gemara in Sanhedrin, Dafzain. That says there's another Makar that when a person comes up to Shomayim, he's going to be judged with what? What's the very first thing that he's going to get judged? Torah. That's the first judgment he's going to get is going to be Torah. Says Tosfus, one second, I have a stira. There's a problem. The Gemari Kedushin Sanhedrin tell us clearly the very first question we're going to be judged on is Torah. But yet the Gemara clearly in Shabbos, Laman Aleph tells us, which is our sugya, is the very first question you're going to be asked after 120 years is, did you do business correctly in an honest way? Which one is it? Tosfus asks the Kasha. And Tosfus answers like this. Tosfus says, Tosfus explains that when we're in judgment, when we're being judged in the based in Shalmailah, so our business conduct takes precedence even over Torah. However, punishment, it comes in a different way. Punishment for neglecting Torah, that comes first. What's the reason? Why is it that we're judged first on our business dealings, but the punishment we get comes from Torah? And again, all this comes from Tosfus. And he explains that the cause, what is the reason why a person was messing around in business? What's the reason why a person was doing things dishonestly in business? Because of the lack of Torah that he knew. And because he didn't have the correct halachas, he didn't have the loyalty to all the halachas and everything else. Everything else is built upon that foundation. You have to start with the limit of Torah and everything goes afterwards. So the question that we get asked first is on our integrity in business. But the punishment lies in the source, which is of Torah itself. Now if this Rabbi Isai is going to be one of our very first questions, then we've got to think about this. Because, again, ribis is something that's negated to every single person, right? It's not only negated to a business person, it's very much negated to a business person. But it's also negated to a bach and yeshiva. It's negated to a neighbor. It's negated to a friend. It's negated to anyone. I don't believe there's anyone right now listening to me that nobody ever came over to them and said, Do me a favor, Yankala. I'm going to the shop, I want to buy a falafel. If you've got 20 shekel to borrow me, I have money in the, in the apartment, but I haven't, you know, I can't bother going down there, whatever it is. 
20 shekel. No, sure, no Pleasure. Take 20 shekel out. What's the problem? You need Adim. You don't need Adim. You need a shtar. That's all different shayla about lending money. You beautiful mitzvah. You did a lending money. What a beautiful mitzvah. Are you so sure that at that time when he gave it back to you or in the meantime, as he was, you know, going to pay you back, he or you were not over on ribbis? If you don't know the halachas, you most probably could have been. So it's not only a gear to a business thing, it's a gear to anybody. Just agav, also interesting. Again, a lot of a hagdom over here before we start some of the halachas. Rav Palm Zatzal, um, in one of the Torah, he gave a share in the Torah Das, uh, gave a whole alumni, and he was talking about the Indian of Ribis, and he mentioned that why is it that the Gemara says, Nasasa Vanasata Be'emuna? What does it mean? Did you do business with Emunah? Emunah is faith. Faith in Hashem. That's, that's how we live, right? What does it mean to do business with Emunah? Shouldn't it have said, Asra Pamzatzal, did you do business with, with Mishpat, with Din? Did you do business in the correct way? Fulfilling all the halachas and the dinim and the, the correct judgments and everything. What's the Emunah going on over here? And he explains something which is a Yisoydin Ribis. And that is, what's one of the reasons why a person takes Ribis? It's because he doesn't have real true Emunah in the Rabbi Nishalalim. He doesn't really believe who the Parnassa comes from. Because if he really believed that the Rabbanu Shem gave his Parnassa, when his brother's in need, and his brother needs money right now, and he could be a poor man or he could be a rich man. The halachas of Rebbes and lending money are not necessarily only dealing with a person who's got no money. It could be a very wealthy man who right now, I remember, I was, I was once going, you know, on the entrance of the mikvah, and there was a fellow there from Chutzlaretz. Wow, what a, he, you're talking about a seriously wealthy guy. He, he was just missing five shekel to get into the mikvah. You know, so I had this chus of giving him the five shekel, right? It's unbelievable. But, you know, he's a wealthy man, but I did the mitzvah of lending money because it applies to anyone. So, therefore, says Rav Palmzatzal, the reason why the Torah, the Chazal tell us, did you do business be'emunah? Did you believe where your real panas is coming from? Did you believe where it's all from? And a person can only really do this if he learns the halachas. A shaykhet, and we'll start the halachas after this. Although, like I said, we're not going to get to all the halachas, just to give you a little bit of a taster of what Ribis is all about. A shaykhet once came to um, Ribis Salanta, and he says... Okay, I'm, I'm finished, I'm done, I'm finished being a shaykhet. I, I cannot take the achrayis, the, the responsibility of shechting. Do you know what that is? If I make one move that's wrong when I'm shechting this cow, everyone's eating treif. I, I cannot have this on my achrayis, I cannot have it on my shoulders. Echkenish, I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to do this. So Saul Salanta said to him, okay, so what are you going to do? You need a panasa, right? How, how's your family going to live? He said, listen, I'm going to open up a little business, a little store, whatever. I'm going to supply various things that people need. That's what I'm going to do. Rabbi Saul Salanta said, you think that's better? As a shaykhet, you only have one responsibility, that people should not transgress the Issa of eating something that's not properly shaykhted. Right? And that makes you tremble. And now all of a sudden you're going to go getting involved in business. Do you know how many lavim and asay? Do you know how many isurim, durabonon, derisis, there's so many things that you have to know before even dreaming of opening up a business. So that obviously comes first. So therefore it's clear that we have to know the halachas before we do anything like that. Now a couple of uh, points. I don't know if you know this. But uh, where do you find the halachas of ribis? Where are they? You want to open up a shulchan aruch? I'd like to learn hilchos ribis. Where would you look? So most people, most people would open up a shulchan aruch in chayshad mishpat, because chayshad mishpat, as we know, deals with inyanim of money, monetary matters. Eben is women. Yeridea is isaveheter and things like that. And then erachaim is the general, you know, you know hilchos shabbos, hilchos brachos, or the daily laws, right? So you want to deal with money. You open up a Chosha Mishpat, you get surprised, because it's not there. It's in Yeridea. 
What is it doing in Yeridea? So it's very interesting. The very first simon in Kufnun Tess in Yeridea that deals with ribis starts like this. Midoraisa, you're allowed to lend to a goy ribis, and then it continues on other things. What's the pshat? Well, the first thing in ribis you have to talk about is you're allowed to lend to a goy. That that's how we begin ribis. So what's interesting is the tall who brings it down, and this is already in Kuf Samach, the next simon that says explains like this that we just came from Yeridea discussing Hilchas Avodah Zorah, right? Finished Avodah Zorah. So I just want to mention you, as we're talking about Hilchas Avodah Zorah with Goyim, a halachas of ribis when it comes to a Goy. Says the Torah, while we're discussing Hilchas ribis of a Goy, I might as well mention to you the whole thing as well. So that's the pshat why, it's one pshat, why it's in Yeridea. Um, but it is a good question. I'll just give you one interesting thing, a chakira. Is ribis a Choshem Mishpat Shaila? Or is Ribis a Yeridea Shaila? And you may say to me, who cares? What's the difference which Shulchan Aruch it's in? At the end of the day, it's in a Shulchan Aruch. So I'll tell you the interesting question. First of all, it's not my Kasha. The Binyan Sian has the Kasha. One of the Gedolei Achoinim. The Binyan Sian says, and he brings one example. He says a person borrowed money, right? He lent someone money, whatever it was. And uh, there was Ribis. Ribis was involved. And when he pays back, he gives him an Esrug. He gives him an esrog. No, he gives him the money back, and he also gives him the esrog. Now the question is: Are you yotzer on sukkos with that esrog? We know by esrog on the first day of yontov, it's got to be lochem and lochachem lochem. It's got to belong to you. So does it belong to me? So here's the chakira, boys. So listen carefully. If you tell me that it's a that, that, that ribis is a choshen mishpat shaila. Right, which means it's a shayla of gazelle. So it's stolen esrog. If it's a stolen esrog, it's not lachem. It can't be yaitzah. But if you tell me that ribis is a yoridayatik shayla, a dine of trefers and these things, okay, that means when he gave it to me, he gave it to me willingly. He wanted to give it to me. No, so it's my esrog. Maybe it's trefer shtickle, but it's my, so it's mine. It belongs to me, and therefore I can have it. So, I mean, the Avni Meluim, by the way, Avni Meluim says, are you allowed to makadish a woman with money from ribis? Same kasha. Is it yoridaya? Or is it Choshen Mishpat? That's how we do So the Mashmoyas of the Gemara in Pashtas, it's a Yeridea Shaila. Because the first Gemara in Ezer Nashak discusses this Shaila, which we're not going to get into now, but I wanted to mention that. But I do want to tell you, before we actually go to some of the Lachas, which I'm ready for now, is I want to mention to you the Loshan of the Shulchan Aruch, when he discusses Ribis, and this is in Simon Kuf Samach in Yeridea. And he says like this, Kolanoisin Ribis. Person gives ribis, apart from obviously being over in the Yisurah of ribis, which is very, very chomer on its own, says the Shulchan Aruch, this is a psak from Shulchan Aruch, Nechasov Nismotetim, which means your, your, all your possessions are going to go down, V'ki'ilu Koifa B'Yetzias Mitzrayim, because we know the Gemara tells us one of the reasons we came out of Mitzrayim is in order to make sure that we lend people money without ribis. So if, if you're lending with ribis, not only are all your possessions going to go downhill, but you are basically showing that you're kofa in your tzies mitzrayim, over the keisrol and the rebbeinu shalolam. Now that's a very heavy loshen, but that's the loshen be'etzim of a gemara. But the shochanor paskins that way. All right, it's a gemara bob mitzia daf ayin ayin aleph omen aleph. Clearly, that when a person does this, and I brought down the shochanor, but be'etzim as I mentioned, it's a gemara bob mitzia ayin aleph. That a person that does this, it's very very serious. What a person. Can be over on the Vilna Goin, the Be'agro over here is Machadish, that the Rabbanisham took us out of Mitzrayim for one reason and one reason only, not to lend Yidin with Ribis. We don't lend other people in Kladi Stroll with interest. I'm going to have to explain what is Ribis.
So let's go to a little bit of the halachas. As I mentioned, I don't think we're going to cover it all today. It could be, and it looks like we are going to have to continue tomorrow, but it's very, very exciting, and there's a lot of interesting things. So bear with me. We have to understand a few things, and I, I'm not going to go Kaseda Shulchan Aruch, and I'm not going to go through everything, and there's a, a, a ton of things that we're going to leave out, because as I mentioned, this is not a comprehensive uh, series on Hilchas Ribbis. It's just to open up your eyes a little bit, crash course, what is Ribbis? That's all it is. So the first thing we have to know is there's a, there's a Doraisa Ribbis and there's a Durabonan Ribbis. Okay, there's a ribis doraisa. What is a ribis doraisa? Ribis doraisa means, and then again, all of this in the Gemara Bometzia, ribis ketsutsa. Ribis ketsutsa means that what you did was, is you, um, you conditioned ribis into the loan. That means when you lend somebody money, okay, I'm giving you 100 shekel, you need 100 shekel to borrow, no problem, I'm giving you 100 shekel. With the condition that you will return 110 shekel. That is ribis ketsutsa, that's an isadoraisa, and you're not allowed to pay, got to get rid of the shtar, whatever. I'm not going to go into all, every detail at this moment of time, and maybe we won't even get to it at all, just to give you a little bit of wet of your appetite. So therefore, that is ribis ketsutsa, because again, you set aside, you, you specified, you conditioned the ribis within the loan, that is ribis ketsutsa, that's an isadoraisa. However, most of the ribbis questions that most people are busy with, maybe not the big businesses, you know, small businesses or neighbors and questions that come in quite often are ribbis de Rabbanon. And that is because they were not prearranged. Whenever there was ribbis that was not prearranged, that is ribbis de Rabbanon, which doesn't make it any more mutter than ribbis de Raisa, but it could have nafgaminas legabe. Do you have to return the ribbis? Are you allowed to, you know, take it back from him and based in all sorts of other halachas? But for all intents and purposes, it's osa bidu Rabbanon. Which means, and again, we'll give you an example. We'll go through some more examples as well. But one example could be, very simple, right? Somebody, for example, um, somebody you 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 needed a hundred shekel because you were somewhere, and one of your friends says, "Sure, no problem. I have it. You need a hundred shekel? No problem. I'll give you a hundred shekel right now. No problem. That's great." And then you get back onto the bus, and the um, the borrower is very happy that the lender gave him the money because he was desperate to buy that thing and they happened to be stopped at the service station and he bought it and he's all happy that he got it. So he's really, you know, he's happy. So, you know, he's got a can of Coke. He's very happy with that can of Coke. But he wants to give it now. It's a cold can of Coke. It's schmuck. It's boiling hot outside. He knows that the person that gave him the money loves, loves Coca-Cola. So he goes and gives him a can of Coca-Cola. Now, he just did ribbis to Rabonon. There's no re- he only gave that Coca-Cola because he gave him the loan. It was not stipulated within the agreement, and therefore it's not Ribis Ketsutsa, it's Ribis Shaloi Ketsutsa, it's not Kotsutsa, it's not set, it's not prearranged, and therefore that will be an Issa Durabonan. Asa Midurabonan. Even if you don't even say, oh, I'm giving you this because of the loan. Nothing to do, you just give it to him. And again, we'll get to many, many other examples. Buying an Aliyah for someone, learning with his son. Having a chavrusa with someone who lent you money because you want to help him out. I'll give you another example. You know, if you got money in you now, yeah. Oh, do me a favor. If you, if you lend me money now, next time you need money, I'll lend you money. That's ribis. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even give an extra. Just make, let's make the case, right? Again, we'll discuss these halachas in detail a little bit. You know, somebody gives you 100 shekel. You say, do me a favor. I need 100 shekel right now. In two weeks, I will lend you 100 shekel. That is ribis. Even though it's 100 for 100. Ribis, right? Shiloh, which we'll get to. Neighbors. Neighbors that borrow from each other. Roommates. All sorts of things. You borrow from each other. You borrow some eggs. You borrow some potatoes, some sugar. Did you pay them back? Did you pay them the exact same weight of the potatoes? What, you weighed the potatoes to make sure you didn't give them a bit more? No. So how are you allowed to give it back to him? You borrowed, and you're returning with more. Or let's say, for example, 
Somebody asked me this question. Now of Yonta with Pesach is um, they borrowed before Pesach uh, matzah. It was like a couple of weeks before Pesach, uh, before the meaning of not eating matzah, whatever. And he borrowed matzah, and he wanted to return it with matzah that was shmura matzah, which is worth a lot more money. It could it doesn't make a difference for the guy because it's after Pesach. What do I care if it's shmura hametz? But it's worth more money. Or for example, you borrow a bag of tissues, and he got a cheap make, and you give him back a more expensive make. All of these are simple shilas which could be negated to every single one of us if we never thought about it. And that's why it's important for us not maybe to know every halacha, but just to get a little bit of idea of what's going on. Now, a, a very important exception. Ribis is only, listen very carefully, Rabbi Sai. Ribis is only when you do not return the same thing as you borrowed. When you take a hundred shekel, you spend that a hundred shekel, you give him another hundred shekel, not giving him the same note. Otherwise, what did you borrow it for? And when, for example... When you borrow potatoes, you're giving him different potatoes. It's the same thing, but it's not the exact same chayfetz. Whenever you borrow and return the exact same thing, there is no ribis. So, for example, if your friend says to you, do me a favor, can I borrow your car? I'm, I'm desperate. I push out, my car's not working. Can I borrow your car? Sure, a pleasure. Take my car. No problem. That's beautiful. Wonderful mitzvah that you did. That's Gavaldik. He comes back, brings you the car back after whatever it was that he said he's going to return the car with a bottle of wine. Oh, one second. Is that Ribis? No. He gave you the same thing back as he borrowed. Whenever you get the same thing back as you borrowed, there's no problem with Ribis whatsoever. Again, that's why it's negated to things like money, to things like food, and to things like that. But when again, if you borrow a tie from someone and you're so happy, thank you for giving my time, giving you 10 shekel, that's not Ribis. Ribis is when you borrow something that you're not going to return the exact same chayfetz. Okay. So that was a few clarifications. Now, um, the Shulchan Aruch, again, we're going to go back a little bit to the Shulchan Aruch to explain exactly what's going on over here because it's important for us um, at this moment. And again, we're not going to get through everything as I mentioned to you, but just to give you a little bit of a taster. So, okay. Yeah, okay, Gewaldik. We have to know as well that... Um, there are six slavim in the Torah that a person is over on when he actually is Malva Beribis. Number one is the Possek we mentioned as Kaspar Cholay Sitin Muchaneshech. And then there's another five which we're not going to go through them right now. But a person is over on six slavim. Six slavim, the Shulchan Aruch says in Kuf Samach, who's over? The Malva, the Loiva, the Orev, the Edim, whoever's involved. The guy who wrote the Shtar, the Edim who were there to make sure when he gave him the money, because the Allah is when you give someone money, you meant to have Edim there. And obviously the borrower and the lender, everybody's over over here. It's very, very chomer. A person has to be very, very careful. So let me mention a couple of questions, and then I think tomorrow I think we're just going to have to just go through a little bit more, because there is so much of practical shilas that I, I think most of the guys will be like, oh wow, I never realized that would be Ribis. That's incredible. So... I want to mention one of the halachas that we talked about already, and that is um, this Indian of ribis by a goy. I'll tell you how it's nagaya to us, probably to every single one of you guys right now. It's Bodan and Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch brings an interesting thing. He says, as we mentioned, The Chachomim said, you're not allowed. Nowadays, says the Shulchan Aruch, Everything is muta. So, lending money to a goy is 100% muta. That is the psak of the Shulchan Aruch. It's absolutely not, no, no problem whatsoever. One of the reasons for this, says the Poiskim, um, this already comes from the Rishonim, 
Goyim is because otherwise, how do you want Yidin to do business? They're going to have to do business with Goyim. And once a person doing business with Goyim, automatically, he's going to um, have to deal with money and lending and all sorts of things. And therefore, if you didn't allow this, you're not allowing very much. So lending money to a Goy is Mota. By the way, it's also a Shiloh of lending money to a Yid that is not Shomotoria Mitzvahs. Not so posh. Most of the Yidin that are not Shomotoria Mitzvahs, a lot of them are what we call a Tinik Shanishba. In this case, they've got a dinner of a regular Yid, and therefore, obviously, you're not allowed, even though it's a Machlokas, but we're not going into now Tinik Shanishba in that thing. But I'll tell you how this is Nagea. I'll tell you how this is Nagea. It's very Nagea to banks. I assume most of you have money in a bank. Um, I hope it's a lot. But if not, Mitzvah Shem, it will be a lot one day. And, um, you know, you're living in Chutzloritz. Who's owning the bank? Not in Israel, in Chutzloritz. Most, most times the bank is owned by a Goy. That's how it is. Now, money, lending money, borrowing money, Berebis, that is not a problem to a Goy. The problem is what happens if some Yidden owns shares in the bank? So now we have a problem. Because if we go, you know, if some of you didn't own shares in the bank, and the, the bank is taking ribbis, and I'm, get, you know, I'm getting depending on what the situation is and what the agreement is, so you'll have a problem. So a lot of poets can hold that you go basaroiv, and if the majority of the owners of the bank are goyim, then there's no problem whatsoever. If roiv of the shareholders are actually going to be hidden, then it's also to do unless you have what we call a hete iska, which we are not going into this moment of time. A hete iska is generally. Um, is generally uh, is a star is a document that will allow ribbis to be taken and the Gemara explains it's not a heta it's not like everything's also until you have a heta to find to do it it becomes a business partnership between the two people and therefore there is no problem with that whatsoever um, and therefore that's 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 uh, that's that's that until the last couple of things where Moshe says that ribbis applies only to a case where a human being guarantees the capital says with Moshe a corporation where there's no one person guaranteeing the money there's no ribbis so according to Moshe there's no problem of lending money to a corporation even by ribbis because there's no one person owning it that could be negate even to a bank owned by Jewish people most gedolim in Eretz including the Minchasitzok and others were cholik on this with Moshe and therefore it is and Rapam Zatzal Paskin Aloch and Amaisi, you can be serving Kalu Moshe by Adoraisa and Culture Kane Adorabonon. Now, again, I just give you one small idea. Tomorrow, Be'ez Hashem, we're going to try to go through a whole bunch of different cases that are geared to every single one of us in Rebis. Be'ez Hashem Yisbarach.